to Everything's Relative. I'm Eve Sturgis. We are exploring DNA discoveries and how they change people's lives, sometimes for better and sometimes for worse. Today is fun uh, because we're talking to Don, who reached out to me as a member of a support group. We're both in the same group. Uh, She'd heard the podcast and said she wanted to talk. So we met up on Zoom the other day. Uh, It was a nice and rare moment when I got to be with someone in the same time zone. Where are all my West Coast NPEs at? Where are you? I get contacted all the time from people in all the other time zones, uh, but it, but never in my own. So, and which, and it, you know, you're right. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. It's just a scheduling thing. Uh, but it was nice anyway. Um, Dawn is another example of someone who uses her own experience and turned into and and turned it into a vocation of helping people as a genealogist, and she's an occasional search angel. So talking with her was nice and easy, so I'm just going to go ahead and roll the tape and invite you to come along. This is Everything's Relative with Eve Sturgis. Thanks for listening to me and Dawn. I mean, most of my cases are a known father. Like, wow. that's my preference is to, yeah. find, you know, to find unknown fathers, not adoptees, but mm-hmm. NPEs. And you, so you, do you, so tell me about your job. Um, Do you work as a genealogist or it's a search, search angel pastime or tell me about you? Um, I kind of do both. I worked as a search angel after I discovered, you know, my, my birth father. Mm -hmm. Um, And then a couple of years ago, I thought, you know, I've done this for a few years. I've spent all my time and there's people out there that I know are willing to pay for a professional and keep their information off Facebook. And I felt like I, you know, I felt like I qualified as a professional. Mm-hmm. And so I started taking paid cases, but you know, with so many out there doing it for free, it's not like it's going to be my bread and butter. Right. 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 <laughs> so, no, you know, no, I, rolling in the dough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, you know, I take paid cases and then I, you know, I always end up feeling compelled to take a case, whether it's paid or not. So mm-hmm. if something comes to me and I feel drawn to it, I just do it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I imagine it'd be so hard to have boundaries around that <laughs> when, <laughs> when it's something you're good at and you enjoy anyway. Right. Right. But yeah. I always figure even if it's unpaid, it, you know, it, it's, it's putting it out there in the universe. Mm-hmm. It's good, good energy and people, you know, tell their friend and, you know, so. totally. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, and so were you interested in genealogy or doing ancestry or family tree before you found your father or did you know um, you were an NPE no. or did all this happen? No, I was doing genealogy kind of off and on. That would be the dogs that I told you about. I hear them. Um, I was doing uh, genealogy kind of off and on in my life. I'd be curious and start building my family tree. And then I started hearing about how people were using DNA to help with their genealogy. Nothing to do with unknown parents. I, right, right. I literally had no clue. And um, I, I already have questions. Okay. Um, where did you grow up? I was born in Florida, but I grew up in California in the Central Valley. Oh, okay. Between Bakersfield and Fresno, a little uh-huh. town called Tulare. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wait yeah. a minute. You know Tulare? There was somebody at the retreat from Tulare. Oh. 
Oh my gosh. Or some, or very close by. There was someone from Prather and someone from huh. like the Fresno area. Absolutely. Yeah, I wonder who that was. Um, yeah, yeah can't, I'm not going to name names now, but that <laughs> is amazing. Um, so are you in California now? Yeah, I'm in California. I live in the Bay Area. Oh, great. Where yeah. are you in the Bay Area? Martinez. Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. So right. I grew up in Tulare and then um, I moved down to Southern California when I graduated high school, lived with my grandparents a little bit and kind of moved around the, the valley a lot. And then on a fluke, I moved up here one day and I've been here ever since. Fun. So, yeah. The Bay, yeah. the Bay can do that to you. Yeah. Um, and then my next question is, did you already think that you knew who your father was and or do you think you knew what your ethnicity was? Or um, no, I grew up with my Dickie, my dad that sort of raised me. I say sort of because they divorced when I was seven and he was not an active participant, you know, in our lives, but we saw him occasionally. Um, I grew up thinking that I was, um, my mom's side's Jewish and my dad was um, Cajun French. So I was, I, I thought it was the funniest thing. I was a Cajun Jew. Mm -hmm. um, and um, never had a doubt, never had a thought, you know, I wasn't close to my dad, but it's not like I ever thought, is he my biological father? I never even thought that to be a question, you know? Um, and then I, I did, the DNA. and even after I did the DNA, I was thinking about this yesterday, even after I did the DNA, I don't remember being completely confused or anything that I wasn't French. Like, I don't remember really focusing in on the, um, the ethnicity part very much. I think I was more into like the medical reports on 23 and mm -hmm. me. And that's kind of what, you know, I was into genealogy and, and then I heard 23 and me was doing these medical reports. And I was like, Oh, I can find out if I have this or this that my mom has, or my grandma has, and never really thought much about the the ethnicity part. And I don't even, I couldn't tell you now if I looked at it and thought, oh, that's weird. Or if I didn't even look at it, mm -hmm. but, um, I have zero French, <laughs> zero so, French. I, yeah. it doesn't really, I mean, like, I mean, I, I know that I'm, I'm biased, but from experience <laughs> at this point with how many people I've interviewed to say that that doesn't surprise me. But I think what I mean is like, it doesn't surprise me that people see what they want to see sometimes, or, mm -hmm. you know, like you're focused on one thing and you're just not noticing. And unless you, unless you sometimes like, unless you were really looking for Cajun French and looking for French and right. you're really determined to figure like you're really, uh, you know, I think, I think that, that that's stuff people overlook all the time. I think I learned really early that the ethnicity was just an estimate. And so if mm -hmm. I did look at it, I probably just figured, oh, well, they, Maybe my French ancestors really came from Germany or whatever right. else was, you know. Right. I, I think also, yeah, maybe for, I'm going to make a grand generalization, but say that maybe for a lot of white people, we all know that our heritage is European. Right. And right. the specificity of location doesn't really mean that much to us. Right. Um, right. So, so whatever you know, it was, I either blew it off or I didn't think about it. And, um, and then my, somewhere in that process, I think that was around 2011 and somewhere in there, I started, um, I asked my mom to test because of the health part. I was like, if she, my mom died of um, lung cancer, mm. but before that, you know, when she first got diagnosed, I was like, 
well, I wonder if there's a gene for that and 23andMe is going to tell me if I have it. You know, I, sure. I was kind of clueless at the time. And so I had her test and then there was something about, I learned about the, how the Y chromosome is only passed down. You know, at the time I was so clueless about DNA, but I was like, oh, the Y chromosome is only passed down to sons. So if my dad tests, well, then I'll have a little more information about his side of the family. I don't know. I, I, I thought it would be beneficial to have him test. For Ooh, why? Well, yeah. Right. right? <laughs> I agree with you. That sounds and like a good idea. To my shock, he tested because he's a very mm. private person. He would probably, you know, he, he wanted nothing to really do with it. He didn't care if he saw the results. He was just like spit in the tube, send it in. And he did what his daughter asked kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Cool. Thanks, and then, of course, you know, the, where that turned into, mm -hmm. <laughs> he did not match me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Did he know? Okay. No, he, okay, go ahead. <laughs> was there any, is there any part of you that thinks that he suspected, which is why he was so willing to do the test? No, okay. because he was willing to do the test. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, because I now see that he's, he was very upset at my mom. He thought my mm. mom lied to him. And for three, my dad's a really blunt, rude person sometimes. Mm -hmm. And we could be sitting there Christmas, having a glass of wine. He's telling stories about our childhood. And then he'll make some remark about, well, I didn't want the first kid. I certainly didn't want the second one. Like he was not a man who wanted children. Mm -hmm. He did. He mm -hmm. got basically roped into being a father, mm -hmm. not really roped in, but it was, you know, I believe my mom did not know, mm -hmm. but I don't, I think my dad does not believe that. Mm -hmm. gotcha. So I, yeah, I think he had literally no clue. I think he married her because he thought I was his. Right. Sure. You know, mm -hmm. they were 19. Mm -hmm. So so yeah, I don't think he ever had a clue. He may have maybe way back then, maybe he questioned her. I don't know, but mm -hmm. he, I don't think he married her thinking I was somebody else's. Right. Right. No suspicion at the time. Yeah. So you've done the test. You've asked your dad. I just knocked the mic. Sorry. Uh, so you've done the test. Mm -hmm. You've asked your dad to do the test and your mom to do the test and your dad is not showing up. Right. So at that point, what do you, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? What do you do? Um, I was kind of just a little stunned. I didn't, ex it was something I didn't expect. Not that I was shocked that it happened, but just that it was, oh, didn't even cross my mind that that could happen. Right. Um, and so I immediately texted my mom on Facebook and I said, Hey mom, what are the chances that dad's not my dad? Mm -hmm. And we had a long conversation back and forth where she basically said she really didn't think there was anybody else. She, you know, she's, she didn't deny it, but she says, I can't remember there being anybody else. And I don't know, you know, she just didn't know. And she says, you know, are you sure it's correct? Are you sure they didn't? And I said, well, I match you, you know, mm -hmm. um, she thought maybe his test was incorrect. Sure. You know? So of course I did the call 23 and me and ask him if my test is correct and his test is correct. And, um, yeah. And I sat on it for a while. I just, I didn't know what to do. I felt like it was going to be impossible to ever figure out who it was because she didn't have any information. And 
Yeah. I didn't know that DNA could help you find that person at that time. So what, so were there paternal matches at all? I mean, on, from the paternal side, not really to speak of like, and not because I didn't, maybe there was, but I just didn't know enough to know any better. But yeah, when I first started searching, you know, advance, uh, fast forward a couple of years, gosh, I, I'm off on my years here, but maybe it was a few years where I finally started the search and I really didn't have, I had like two second cousin matches, which we know is golden. Mm-hmm. But that was all I had. It was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had one on Ancestry and I had one on 23andMe. And um, I I didn't feel like I had a lot to work with. I, yeah. Looking back now, I was like, oh my gosh, I was so lucky. Right. Right? But, <laughs> Cousins, right. But at the time I was just like, how am I ever going to figure this out? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I just, the reason I was asking that is because I, um, I just, I just had the experience. I mean, I've, I just had, I did 23 me and, and, and my story is a little bit different because I didn't find out through the mail-in test, but now I have done the mail-in tests. Mm-hmm. And, um, when I open up 23 me, you know, it gives me this monster list of mega list of like thousands of people. Um, and I'm not sure that if I had just done that and then I got the results, I, just because my dad wasn't, was not on there. I, I assume, I think I probably would have, would have um, just kept looking around, mm-hmm. you know, like, I think it wouldn't, I think, so I'm curious, did you know, like, I'd be like, oh, where is he? Like, and I know it's not like Facebook where you can like connect I, with people, but I was like, know, I think I would have been like, where am I not, where? All, I, all I knew was, time. you know, I knew he'd be at the top, him himself, like, right. you know, with my mom. I knew that and he just didn't show up and I managed his results. So I saw from his side that I also wasn't right. A child. And I had my brother test. Oh my God. And my brother oh. and my he brother was, was a match to him. So, you know, it was pretty clear that I didn't match him, but I mm-hmm. never really saw paternal matches at that point. You know, I didn't know how to look for them or, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well, if he's not my father, which matches here do will point me to my father. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I did ancestry and I, you know, I got that second cousin match. She was actually a first cousin once, re, uh, once removed. So even a little closer than second cousin. Perfect. So, yeah. Perfect. And then, um, so you asked your mother and that she, 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 she doesn't to, think she didn't think it was possible, but acknowledged it could be. Right. Um, she, she felt bad. She felt like it was in a, another part of her life that she lied about, mm. you know, and, and, you know, that she was wrong about. Um, she was um, a drug user in, in her, you know, 20s and, um, I don't think back then she was a drug user, but she was definitely a little promiscuous Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. what I gather from stories and her, you know, some of her writing that I saw after she passed and she was quite promiscuous and Mm -hmm. just looking for love. I mean, she was such a warm, loving human. Like she just wanted to like, you know, have that love in her life. And, and I think that was one of the ways she got it somehow, Mm -hmm. you know, common. Yeah. Yeah. Common then it will be common till the end of time. Right, right. And um she 
so she she just didn't remember and I you know I asked her for names of anyone she could remember that could be possible and she couldn't even come up with a name and mm-hmm. um one of her friends from from that time in her life gave me a name of someone and so I contacted him and he said you know and he explained why it wasn't him and I was like mm-hmm. okay and then when she was dying I was staying at her house and helping her out and um this is like fast forward 20 to 2015. I was okay. still at her house okay. and I asked so you guys have, you've all just been sort of sitting with this information. Just like it's not him. Book. We don't know who it is. What do we do about it? You're probably and, focused on your mom's health at this right. point. So it's not her too much with questions. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just kind of, where do I go with this? I have no idea. And I was starting to learn that people are doing this through DNA. They're, they're finding their birth parents. I learned about, um, C.C. Moore had a group that mm-hmm. was uh, off Facebook. It was a Yahoo group, Unknown Fathers. And mm-hmm. I remember joining that. And I was just kind of getting my feet wet and kind of figuring out what I needed to do. Meanwhile, I was I was not waiting for my mom to pass, but it kind of happened that way. Mm-hmm. It was like, it seemed like the right time. One funny moment when we were sitting there, it was, you know, maybe a week before her, she passed. I said, you know, I'd like to look for my birth father, you know, do, you know, can I get your blessing on that? Are you okay with that? (laughs) And she said, yeah, I'd like to, she's like, she's like, yeah, of course. She's like, I'd like to know who it was. And she, (laughs) and then she giggled and it was was like, it was so cute. You know, Mm -hmm. like, who was I with, you know? Yeah. Like she's as in the dark as you are. Right. She would like the answer. Yeah. And, so and was, how was your birth certificate father? How did he react to all this news? Well, let me first tell you real quick. So right. when I was at her house, I was looking through her memorabilia. I asked her if I can look through her memorabilia. And I found a picture of this guy that she was with around that time, right before she met my dad. And um, I asked her about him and she said, no, it can't be him. He, you know, he and I didn't have sex till much later, which was kind of funny because she was already <laughs> married to my dad. <laughs> But I'm, uh, whatever. I'm, I'm like, if your memory's so bad, you know, I'm I'm gonna take this as a clue and I'm gonna contact this guy, right? And I contacted mm-hmm. him and oh my gosh, it was one of those moments where I wish he was at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, now I'm glad mm-hmm. it's who it is, but he was so sweet and he said, you know, he said, You're not, you know, I, I know it's not, I'm not your father, but I wish I was. And he told me about how much he was in love with my mother. Oh, wow. And she was like the one that got away. And he ended up marrying this other woman that even she was messaging me, acknowledging that my mom was the love of his life. Oh, wow. It was so sweet. But huh. back to your other question. Um, you asked my birth certificate father, oh, how he handled it. Well, he handled it okay. I didn't tell him for a while. I told him maybe a couple years after it happened, like 2013 mm-hmm. or so. Mm-hmm. He came over for a visit and we had, you know, we were drinking some wine and I I told him and and we me and my husband talked about it for probably a good year before I told him like does he really need to know? He's not really on social media. He's never going to find out. How would he ever know? But I just felt like it had, I should be honest with him. And then if he still wants to be in my life, I know it's because he wants to be in my life, not because I'm his biological child. You know, that's kind right, of how it right. 
Mm-hmm. And he, um, he kind of took it sort of in a denial sort of way. Like he, he just kind of paused and he looked at me and then he complimented my eyelashes and told me that I get those from him. <laughs> Interesting. Wow. And then we didn't talk about it ever again. The way our brains just yeah. um, compensate and process this information is so yeah. fascinating to me. So I didn't bring it up again. And then um, later, it, I don't think he even knows to this day that I've met my birth father. I don't, mm-hmm. he doesn't really talk to me much. He's, he actually got upset at me at a later date because I shared the news with his family and he didn't mm. think that was appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he just, you know, he just hasn't talked to me at all. And I don't know, I, I, I've, I've really done nothing about it, except I just still send a Father's Day card and a Christmas card and figure he'll figure it out and, mm-hmm. you know, contact he's got his ready. He's got his own process while he's taking some space. Yeah. 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 Can only what it's like from that perspective. Right. Um, So now tell me what it was like to find the man who, who is your father, biological father. So um, let's see. I, so at the, after my mom passed, that was October, 2015 or September, sorry, September, 2015, I started with my research and I had a search angel and everything, mm-hmm. and uh, but I wanted to do it myself. So I just kind of wanted someone to hold my hand and tell me what to do and and how to piece things together. And I did kind of some of the things I probably would tell people now not to do, but it all happened to work out. I um, I contacted these two cousins that I told you were matches, and I actually it was kind of funny the one on ancestry had a tree with one name in it, like one name. (laughs) And that name was my great grandmother who I share a birthday with. Oh, fun. Okay. So she had one name, but at the time I'm, I'm clueless. I just Mm -hmm. look at it and I go, well, that's her great grandma. That must be, that must be, you know, she's my great grandma. You know, I didn't know you could have, I wasn't thinking Right. right, but I got lucky that I was right. And the guy on 23andMe, he had her surname in his profile. So that's kind of how I was like, okay, well, he's got that name and she's got that lady in her tree. And that must be my, well, I thought that must be my common ancestor. I didn't think great, great grandma at the time. So I started building out her tree. And then this cousin finally wrote me back and gave me all the names of her kids. Oh, cool. Okay. That's so helpful. Yeah. And so I built that tree. What a trusting, giving person. I know. I'm like so thankful to her all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I, um, you know, went through all the different possible grandparents and um, put in their spouses and stuff. And one of them married a woman from Syria. And that explained, and I, that's when I finally kind of figured out the whole ethnicity thing. And that explained why I had, a, you know, a big chunk of Middle Eastern DNA mm-hmm. along, with my, along with my European. And uh, so I was searching online and I found that that couple had four sons 
and one of them had passed away. So his name was public on stuff. Oh, okay. And his daughter had put up a tree. And so I searched her out on Facebook and I messaged her and I said, you know, I'm like, this is going to sound totally weird, but I think you might be my cousin or my sister. Um, it does sound weird. I put gotta in, be honest. It sounds pretty weird. I know. And it's so funny because I put it all out there, which of course we always tell people, you know, be, you know mm-hmm, don't, mm-hmm. Message, don't message close relatives, but I did. She was the most sweetest, darlingest person ever. She wrote back right away. She said, yes, I think you might be, you know, you look just like my uncle. Um, she told me about all the uncles and her dad that passed away. And, um, through that conversation, we were able to narrow it down to her dad or my dad, Hmm. my birth father. Mm -hmm. And my birth father was from one of the cities he had lived in was the city that I was conceived. Uh So I I was leaning towards him, but her dad seemed to have a personality that I thought could be more like Mm -hmm. someone I'd imagine to be my father. Right. And um, my, my birth father is more he's more reserved and quiet and her dad, the way she described him was that he was more social and friendly and funny. And I thought, Oh, that's, that's, you know, that makes more sense to you. Yeah. Right. Um, but, um, so I asked her to test before I reached out to either to my birth father and the results came in and they were actually a little inconclusive because, she matched me at the amount of cinnamorgans that's right on the cusp of first cousin and half sibling. It was like, Oh, how funny. (laughs) So I was like, ah, so I posted on DNA detectives. I was now, you know, now it's like, you know, Facebook group there. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. um, CC Moore was actually the one that answered me. Oh, fun. And she said to check the X chromosome. And if, there was a full X that we were sisters. And if it was a partial X, we were cousins. I didn't know that. And hey, hot tip, hot tip, everybody. Right, right. And so that's where I learned that if two sibling sisters, two paternal sisters will share a full X because their dad only passes down the one X to the, you know, to his children. So um, anyway, so we were cousins which meant Bill was my birth father. And so I wrote him a letter. I sent it in the mail certified and just, you know, basically told him why I thought he was my birth father, explained who I was and how I got to that point. And he called me the next day. I I was like a little kid who just got told they were going to Disneyland. I'm telling you, I was like, I was giddy and jumping up and down when I got his call. I was like, you know, I was so excited. Um, but yeah, he called and he was the sweetest. He just, you know, he he remembered my mother. So that was key. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He told right. me, he told me my conception story. Oh, wow. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> he, um, he said, he goes, he, it was so cute. He says, well, if you're my daughter, then I want to know you. Oh, I was like, okay. Wow. I mean, so many people want that story. That's so amazing. How many you contacted people and they were willing to communicate. Yeah. I got lucky. I -hmm. got lucky. He's Mm -hmm. a good guy. So we decided we would meet and that was, 
that call was say February of 2016. And we ended up meeting on Easter that year. So like it was mm -hmm. I think the beginning of April that year. And couple we months. Drove, yeah, That's he a couple did, months. He lives about five hours away. So we drove down, me and my husband and my kids, and we met him and his wife at a hotel lobby. So he's still and, in Central Valley. Yeah, he's kind of outside of Bakersfield. Mm -hmm. And he, um, you know, we sat and we chatted, we went to get dinner. And then the next day we drove out to his house. He lives kind of like out in the boonies and um, met his, uh, one of his sons. And he and I have clicked immediately. And we're mm -hmm. like, he's like one of my favorite people now. Like we're it's really weird because it was like, wow, you know, just it was like, these are my people, you know, it was right. just a weird feeling. And not that I ever thought that my dad's family wasn't my people. I just mm -hmm. never thought that way. I just, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but now I was like, oh, wow. Um, but yeah, we had a great day and we've been in touch ever since we, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm part of their family. Like I'm not the outsider. That is so nice. Yeah. Yeah. That must feel so good. Yeah, they, they call, you know, it's kind of weird to call him dad, but mm -hmm, I do, mm -hmm, but, mm -hmm. um, the boys, my brothers will say, you know, dad, blah, blah, blah. And dad, blah, and it's like, they refer to him as mm -hmm. dad to me. Like, it's like, they kind of let it know it's okay for me to call him dad. Too, yeah. Like know? they just include you. They include right. you in the, in the, in the, in the, the family system yeah right you know, my birth father's about to have um surgery and a medical procedure and my brother will message me about you know mm -hmm. you know details and stuff and it just feels like i'm part of the family you know yeah that sounds so nice yeah so. wow so you're in touch with them regularly mm -hmm. and um and so you live up my dad my dad you know mm -hmm. i mean i have mm -hmm. i have two dads right you know, one of them's not talking to me, but I don't like, you know, he'll, he'll come around or, mm -hmm. again, you know, mm -hmm. hopefully, hopefully I feel a little guilty. Like I don't want to, you know, if he feels, I don't know how to explain it, but I kind of feel like it's not my fault, but it's also not his fault. And I feel right. bad for him that he had to find out that this child that he raised wasn't his, but mm -hmm. on the other hand, and, you know, what, you know, there's nothing I can really do about it. it. It is what it is. And all we can do is move forward and try to make the best of it. Right. You yeah. know, I hope he comes around. Yeah. I hope, I think, um, depending on the generation you're in, this is harder information than, than other generations, you know, other people, just everybody right. takes it differently. Right. Yeah. So hopefully he's. Hopefully he's able to reconcile. Yeah, you know, I think he just and... feels sort of that. I mean, I try to just think about his perspective. I mean, here was a man that didn't have it in his mind to have children, to get married right. and have children. Right. So he kind of felt like that was the right thing to do. He's a good old Southern boy and he did the right thing. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't the greatest parent, but he also didn't just abandon my mom. Right. Know? He stepped up. He stepped up. And, the best he could, maybe. Mm -hmm. And then to find out, you know, 50 years later, <laughs> almost, that 
that was, you know, he probably wonders what his life would have been like. Different. Oh man, I can't. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It'd be really hard not to be looking back and thinking about all those things. Yeah. All the, all the choices you could have made or all the things that could have happened or. Yep. I can see that. That really, that would, that might take some time. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe he needs some space and some time. I can, I can respect right. that. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, so you found him and, and that has been going great. And then how did you start? Did you just at that time start naturally helping other people or? Yeah, um, I just, you know, I was in DNA detectives already. I started, you know, I think I took on a really hard case right at the beginning that I shouldn't have taken on. <laughs> I, actually, I never solved it, but somebody else ended up, it was one of those where she had me helping and then somebody else kind of stepped in to help and they ended up solving it. And yeah, the, the, the we're, it was sort of like a mixed feeling, like, dang it, I wanted to solve this. But then also I was glad, relieved that somebody mm -hmm. else figured it out. It was, you know, it was one with very distant matches and I was way over my head and, but I really enjoyed the process. And somewhere along the way, I just started picking up cases and solving them and being a search angel. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, um, yeah. And I'm really drawn to the unknown fathers, um, over the adoptions cases for some reason. I love the surprise, you know, surprise DNA matches or unknown fathers, you know, just kind of figuring out where somebody, um, where somebody came from, you know, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting that you lean, you, you lean, to, you lean to the, the paternal NPE experience. Yeah. It's um, just, it's interesting to me how mothers, I feel like there's a book in there somewhere. If there's any authors out there, like just the whole, how, how this happened, you know, the mother's perspective and the dad's perspective and the birth father's, per I mean, there's so many perspectives other than ours, you know, mm -hmm. it's just mm -hmm. interesting to me how mothers, forget mm -hmm. lie or purposely you know or whatever it is there's it's interesting to me how many cases are out there and what the stories are I can yeah see why oh my you, gosh it's I can see why you love doing this <laughs> yeah it yep 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 um yeah I would love to talk to some more fathers I know it's this is such a niche uh sort of category of podcast and there aren't a lot of fathers that would be listening to this on their own but, um, but man, if somebody could get a father to come talk, but, and I understand that'd be really hard. It might be really hard and really vulnerable, mm -hmm. but, um, fathers from both sides, I would love to, you know, but, um, and if, um, if people on my podcast are interested in your services, um, as a, um, as a genealogist, is there, um, a way they can contact you or should I have them contact me and then I'll contact you? Um, like, should I tell you my website or yeah, you have a website? Yeah. <laughs> Give it to me. Yeah. Um, SunriseDNA.com. Okay. I'm going to write that down too. SunriseDNA.com. Sunrise is a play on my name. Oh, perfect. Great. Okay. Awesome. So fun. Um, I think you and I kind of look like we could be related. It's tr absolutely true. Yeah. <laughs> Are you thinking that? Yeah, I was like, yeah, I noticed it right away. I'm like, yeah, much more in on the Zoom than in the just Facebook photos. 
Yeah, we need to check our, our yeah, we should double check. We should double check. <laughs> I mean, you probably you would know how to do it more than me. I look and I just my head just swims immediately. <laughs> um, it, it overwhelms me really fast. But um, we could be I don't I didn't have just for the record didn't have any. I didn't have anything from the Middle East pop up. Very like very mm-hmm. English, Scottish, Irish. I have English. I have a lot of English, England. Okay. Maybe that's where it is then. Maybe that's it. <laughs> and I'm Jewish. Uh, <laughs> Do you have any Jewish? Nope. No. Nope. 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 Um, all right. Well. Is there any advice you have for anybody that's new to the DNA, to the NPE experience or to their DNA discovery? Do you feel like there's something you wish you had known back then or that you feel like you are often giving uh, people in your line of work? So I guess the one thing that I always wish I had done differently, even though I can sit here and tell you it came out amazing and I got lucky, is... I think that it's important to not right away reach out to the very close matches and close family. The reason is, and my birth father even agreed with me that this was, this put him off a little bit, even though he still welcomed me warmly, but I reached out to his niece who he barely knows. They, they live in another state. She, he didn't see her grow up. He know, you know, they know of mm-hmm. each other. They've seen each other at a family reunion or that type of thing. And so basically I shared with her his personal story. Right. Like he got a woman pregnant out of right. wedlock. And that was really, you know, sensitive information for right. him. Right. And he kind of felt like put off. So I feel like a birth father especially an unknown one who doesn't know that he had a Mm -hmm. child out there, he should be the first to know that he gave, you know, he got somebody pregnant. It shouldn't be a rumor floating around the family. And you never know. In my case, my cousin was amazing. She didn't say a word. She didn't. um, But, you know, some families are not like that. And then right away, call the other sister, call the other cousin, call the aunt and, Mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. in an attempt to help be helpful maybe but all of a sudden now several people in the family know and the birth father finds out through a rumor rather than mm-hmm, a right. call from his child so I wish I had maybe been a little more sensitive to that at the beginning um sometimes you have no choice you just hit brick walls all over the place and you're sitting there looking at a first cousin match and you're like well I'm gonna have to call them or, or right, write to right. them because I don't know what else to do but I mean search angels are great for helping to figure out who people are without you having to actually send them a message. And so, you know, or a genetic genealogist, either, mm-hmm. you know, either mm-hmm. way, whatever route you want to go. I mean, there's plenty of people out there that will help you to find the identity of your match. So you can kind of maybe figure out who your father is before you reach out to people. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. I hadn't really thought of that you know, so specifically until you described it that way that, yeah, it is incredibly vulnerable information. It's, Um, I mean, it's different for everyone and mm -hmm, some people mm -hmm. may not feel that way, but I don't know. I think in general, fathers should be the first to know if they can, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's not possible, you know, but yeah, I think, I think, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. good (laughs) advice. (laughs) Not that I'm, uh, 
taking people's advice and thinking what some is good or bad, but no, I um, know what you mean. But, yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, I think considering, considering the sensitivity, um, from different perspectives is so important. And I think we forget, I think we get excited and we get um, eager, you know, I don't know, excited and eager. eager. And then it becomes like, it's just a, it's just not a game, but it's sort of a detective matchmaking process. And, and it, you forget that there's real people with real feelings and um, real embarrassments and real shame and real relationships. It affects all of that. There, you know, there's also the, the perspective that sometimes these matches don't know themselves mm-hmm. and you're, you're all of a sudden I, and I had this experience too, where I, I had a first cousin match and I was so excited to have a first cousin match. This was after my discovery and my, my solve that I just immediately reached out to him and was like, Hey, I'm new to this family. I was wondering. And I, Basically, he also was an NP. Ah, uh, right. And <laughs> you don't know what you know. And had I, mm-hmm. had I thought it through, I mean, I didn't. I I didn't inform him that he was an NP. Thankfully, but had I, you know, what if I did? What if he, mm-hmm. you know, was just like as as stunned as I was that he was a match to me, and here I am going, oh, your father is, the, you know, so. I just try to be careful now, especially with, you know, when I'm working a case, I try to be sensitive, but I've had several unknown matches now pop up on mine, believe it or not. And I leave them alone. Mm -hmm. I figure if they're searching, they're going to reach out to me. And if they're not searching, I don't want to be the one to tell them why they're a close match to me. I mean, I know who they are because I, I figure it out, but not Uh because uh I know them. I don't know who they are, you know? Right. Ah, it's also fragile. It's so it's very <laughs> sticky, and it's really weird to be in the situation from the other side after solving. You know, if I help somebody from one perspective, and then my, you know, and then I get a surprise match, all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, wait, what's the right thing to do here? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. feels a little different when the, the she's on the other foot. You know, yeah, absolutely. I have, yeah, I've been experiencing that with different with different not directly but like with diff, uh, friends of mine of uh, yeah I just I've, I've where I'm like oh that's what that's like to watch it from this side okay right. that's weird yeah it's oh. like you want to give different advice than you mm-hmm. uh, with then what feels right from I mean that's maybe the other advice is that you also have to just do what feels right to you and your personality I mean if some people ask is it better to call or write a letter well right I think I, it was better for me to write a letter and I always advise people to write a letter because it gives that person a chance to take it in and think about their response. But if you are the kind of personality that you just, you know, you just want to pick up the phone and call and get it done and you're okay with whatever happens, like then by all means, that's not mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not wrong. Who knows? Yeah. Cause right. it seems like the responses and the, the responses and reactions and, and what's it called results like it can there you there's a million there's infinity amount of right. reactions you can get totally. so it's probably not the phone call or the letter the medium of contact is right. not going to be the deal breaker right um exactly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it, had i called it probably would have turned out fine too but i was you know i felt good about writing and just giving this man some space to to go, oh, <laughs> right. And you know, he talked to his wife. 
I mean, the other thing I didn't think about is, well, I did think about, but I didn't know, I didn't know how to, how to answer it without reaching out to him was if he and his wife were already together. Right. When he was with my mom. And so that gave him and his wife a chance to talk about it and, and discuss their Mm. timeline. Mm -hmm. And, and thankfully she and he started dating after. So, right. That. Right. So that awkward conversation didn't have to happen, but right. <laughs> it does happen for so many people. Yeah. 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 So many layers of sensitivity and human complexity <laughs> in, these, yeah. in these situations just from spitting into a tube. Amazing. <laughs> Dawn, it was so fun to talk with you. Thank you <laughs> so you. much. Um, yeah, I, I'm so glad your story is, is working out so good. I'm also thrilled to have somebody in my time zone. Uh, I'm so often talking to people in mountain time or East Coast time. Um, so it's really fun to, to, to have a, I'm from the Bay Area. So it's fun oh, to okay. see someone. Yeah, I grew, up, I grew up in Petaluma. I don't know if you know where that is, but. I, I know where Petaluma is. Where, are you here now? No, I'm down in LA now. Oh, okay. Down in LA, but um but I love Petaluma. I know the Bay Area very well. Uh, when I was growing up, Petaluma was barely considered the Bay Area. Um, but I think it kind of is more now as, as people have spread spread out and grown into the wine country area. Yeah, yeah I was going to say kind of wine country area. Yeah. 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 I was going to say there's a fine line. I don't know if it's a fine line. It's a very blurry line somewhere <laughs> on the 101 between Bay Area and wine country. And that's where I grew up. I think uh, it, it depends on where you live. I live in the Bay Area. So I probably wouldn't think of Petaluma as Bay Area. But right. if you're from other out, outer areas, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree wholeheartedly. I, it, but like, fun, there's funny things. <laughs> so not very interesting to anybody, I'm sure. But on Craigslist, Craigslist, like for Petaluma for so long, I don't know if they have anything now, but the only way you could find anything on Craigslist, it, it was North Bay. So it was like Petaluma was considered the North Bay. So oh, right. like, okay, I'll call it the Bay Area because it's North Bay. But mm-hmm. yeah, but it's far. But my dad commuted to the city when I was growing up, like lots of lots of my friends' parents did. Yeah. Um, it was was an affordable place to live if you had a job in the big city. Where are you in LA? I'm in the, on the East side over in a, an area called Eagle Rock, Glassell Park, Highland Mm -hmm. Park, very East, very East, east, almost to Pasadena. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Mountains, very hot, hot, dry mountains, not near the beach. We, uh, go down there probably yearly, except for last year, of course, um, to visit family and, you know, San Fernando Valley is where I lived for several years. Yeah. yeah. But my brother lives in, um, the, the new brother that, um, I hit it off with, he lives in Los Angeles. Oh. So he, he lives right in the heart of Hollywood. So we, Oh, he does. He lives in LA, LA. Okay, yeah. cool. So we, yeah. We've gone down there and stayed in Hollywood and did the whole mm-hmm, Hollywood mm-hmm. thing with, you know, and that can be really fun to do. We love doing yeah. that with people. We have someone coming out in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah, it can be really fun. We're very close to all of that. Yeah, yeah. we're east. We're east, but it's definitely Los Angeles proper, close mm-hmm. to all that. Um, yeah, so it's fun. Yeah. Okay, right. well, Don, you me. had something to do at two or two thirty or something, so I'm gonna yeah. let you go. But um, thank you so much. No Again, problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it was so it was great, so fun. I love just getting, um, just getting this di- diverse uh, sort of collection of stories. And thank you for participating. Thank you. All right. Have a good day. All right. All right. I'll be in touch. Bye. Bye. I love 
Dawn's reminder towards the end about how many layers of unknown variables there are when it comes to the DNA discovery. It's so important for everyone to remember just how deep uh, the world rocking can really go in these situations. Our DNA discoveries can expose lies, infidelities, heartbreak, betrayal, time lost. Uh, and I think they probably can reveal wonderful things too. And it can be the beginning of a lot of lovely life changes. But it isn't just about the two people that are the most directly affected. And I felt like that's what she was talking about when it comes to how to call or write a letter or email. Um, they're just things to think about. That's all. And 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 another reason why when people say this isn't a big deal, it, they are wrong. <laughs> um, these ripples really, um, really go go out beyond um just, just an initial one person or two people. Um, so I'm not, 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 not suggesting that any of these are reasons not to reach out or tell anyone. I just want to talk about how much this phenomenon affects the peoples and families and partners and and maybe even friendships. Uh, thankfully, an, um, a good search angel or a genealogist like Dawn um, will discuss all of this with you if you are using using one and um, you do come up with people that you want to contact. Uh, she mentioned it when we were talking about it, but if you're interested in Dawn's services as a genealogist, check out www.sunrisedna.com. It's kind of a, like she said, a play on her name. Her name is Dawn. So the, so the website is sunrisedna.com. One thing that uh, I wanted to say just before we sign off um, so I wanted to talk, uh, explain something from last week. Uh, I forgot to talk about it when I was recording with Julie Dixon Jackson, and uh, she and I looked over my ancestry DNA account, and I wanted to explain why I didn't do ancestry for such a long time after doing Twenty Three and Me, um, and being a part of the community. I'm part of this huge community of people, and I wasn't doing ancestry. Uh, and and Julie told me it would be a better experience. She was right about that. Um, but I still didn't do it. Um, and I just I just wanted to explain myself, um, not in a defensive way, but I didn't want to do Ancestry DNA because I knew that my dad, my birth certificate dad, he had done it. And I knew that when I looked at my results, that he would not be there. And it felt too real and too big to have this void staring at me from the computer screen. Um, if all of this had happened before I got the phone call about my DNA discovery, I might, I might have just been confused. I may have not been upset. I may have just been confused. I may not have noticed. I don't know. But now knowing, having that void stare at me just felt... Um, felt like it was going to be too hard. And I don't know if that makes sense to anyone, but it's a very real sadness for me and a, and a place of confusion. And I wanted to explain that why it took, took me so long. Um, not, I mean, also, you know, just so you, so you understand. Um, but also because I also, I want to talk about things that I think others have grappled with as, as well. And the more evidence there is, of your DNA discovery, the more real it becomes. 
thankfully. That was not my total experience with Julia, Julie, because she had worked, uh, Thankfully, that wasn't my experience with Julie because she had worked on my tree and I did see my birth certificate father in there. So uh, it was still hard because we don't have a line that connects us on the website, but at least I could see, you know, the man I know and the man with my last name. So do you know what I'm talking about? Or do you want to share your own story? Do you have questions or complaints about my podcast? Uh, email me, eve at everythingsrelativepodcast.com or find me on social media at everythingsrelativepodcast. Find out how you can support us in all sorts of ways on our website, www.everythingsrelativepodcast.com. And come back next week when I'll be sharing another DNA discovery with you. And in the meantime, wash your hands, wear sunscreen, walk the dog, and keep telling your truths. Bye-bye, everybody. Everything's Relative with Eve Sturgis is produced by Kaylin Egan and Eve Sturgis. Eve is a licensed therapist in the state of California, but conversations on this podcast are not therapy sessions. This podcast is edited by Stephanie Delon-Zick, the logo design is by Ivy McNally, and the music is used with permission by Goodbye the Band. My name is Lauren Ash. You may know me from starring in TV shows like Superstore or She-Ra or Scare Tactics. And I'm her sister, Christy Oxborough, semi-professional researcher and fully certified internet sleuth. And together, we are the hosts of True Crime and Cocktails, your new favorite true crime deep dive podcast. In season one of our show, we extensively researched all of the new Netflix Unsolved Mysteries episodes. And beginning in January 2021, season two will be a famous fatalities edition. From mysterious celebrity deaths to famous unsolved cases, We'll be bringing you more boozy true crime combos. So put on your PJs, pour yourself a drink, and join our true crime slumber party. New episodes of True Crime and Cocktails drop every Tuesday. Campfire. <laughs>